Hello, and welcome to Law, the Universe, and Everything. I'm your host, Pacifico Soldati. The show explores topics from law and business to consciousness, spirituality, and everything in between. We feature accomplished leaders across many fields to help you get more out of your life. You can learn more and stay up to date at theluepodcast.com. If you're not familiar with my background, I'm a helper, parent, marketer, attorney outlaw, certified mediator, story brand guide, omnist, yoga teacher, and a former paratrooper and award-winning army chef at the 82nd Airborne Division and U.S. Army Special Operations Command. I'm the founder and CEO of the Soldati Group, a marketing agency helping startups, small businesses, and law firms leverage the power of story to grow their businesses. Law, Universe, and Everything is a production of the Soldati Group. All opinions expressed by the hosts and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of the Soldati Group or guest employers. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only, and these discussions do not constitute legal or investment advice. Today's episode is brought to you by MarketingForAttorneys.com, helping attorneys and law firms clarify and upgrade their marketing and messaging to help grow their firms while reducing reliance on pay-per-click advertising. Visit MarketingForAttorneys.com to book your free consultation today. My guest today is Angel Rebo, known as the CEO Confidant. He's a business influencer, LinkedIn strategist, international TV host, public speaker, CEO consultant, board member, and philanthropist. Over the last 21 years, Angel has helped more than 1,500 CEOs across 33 different countries to accelerate the growth of their businesses. He was born near Barcelona, and he has lived in eight countries and speaks five languages. Established entrepreneurs and corporate CEOs hire Angel to bridge the gap globally for expansion and exposure to grow their businesses. Angel sits on the board of the Evolutionary Business Council, an organization with more than 350 global transformational leaders with a combined reach of well over 600 million people. Angel's based in Texas, and early in 2017, he launched his international foundation, Wisdom for Kids, and he has helped more than a 1,000 underprivileged kids in Latin America become entrepreneurs using their local resources. You can talk with Angel at angel at angelrebo.com, and you can see Angel Rebo on all his social media outlets at linkfolio slash the CEO confidant. That's L-I-N-K-F-O-L dot I-O slash the CEO confidant. Thank you for being here today, Angel. It's a pleasure to get to speak with you. Thank you. Thank you, Pacifico. The the pleasure is really, 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 really mine. And thank you, everybody who's listening to us today. So it seems like you've had quite the journey. I'd love to just, if you could, you know, share some of the highlights from your beginnings in Spain to becoming an international business leader. Yeah, thank you. I would say that probably one of the main reasons why I ended up what I'm doing today is number one, I when I was in fourth grade, I was studying already English and French as languages. And I think that really my 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 mission in life is to connect the unconnected. And being able to speak two languages and then go further down the road, just when I went to college, then started doing some international internships. Everything was setting up my path, my way to to really work internationally. And that's why I ended up doing such so much work. I think that besides being born close to Barcelona in Spain and starting an, an international career really early on, I think that there was also very open to whatever life was bringing to me. I remember that, you know, when I moved from, I mean, the, reason, the main reason why I moved from Spain to the UK, which was the first full-time job for multi-year assignment in the UK, 
was because I had a, I had a very painful divorce in Spain in 1997. The reason why I moved from the UK to Mexico was because I had, I, actually someone gave me a book. It's called The Celestine Prophecy. I don't know if you've ever read it, but it's by an American author. His name is James Redfield. I and love, he, it, love it. Yeah, exactly. It's an amazing <laughs> book. It's an amazing book when you're reading it. Yes, it's a story about seven scrolls from the Amazonian, you know, forest in Peru. It's just an incredible story you cannot put down. And when I finished reading that book, I was actually on vacation in Cuba after a sales boot camp with the company I was working with. In, in uh, they sent me to Boston, and it was an such an incredible experience when I was just finishing reading that book that I knew I had to change continents. And I ended up living in Mexico, and then I stayed there for ten years. And after that, I moved to Texas, where I live today, north of Dallas, in Plano, Texas. So I think it was always being open to new experiences, being open to fully use my skills, my language skills, my connecting skills. I think that made me who I am today, Pacifico. Oh, I love that. And yeah, I love the Celestine Prophecy. Uh, I was introduced to it almost 20 years ago by my then girlfriend in college. She was obsessed with it. And she's like, you have to read this. And so I read it. And then got a bunch of friends to read it, made its way around our friend group. And some people, it just really set them off. They were just like, oh my God, coincidences and freaking out about all that. And Exactly. To me, yeah, to me, it's wild because it's one of the only books I've ever read where you can fundamentally not believe anything it says. You can believe it's total BS and yet it will fundamentally alter the way you think. You will then, if you don't believe in signs from the universe or other stuff like that, it will just, it's like inception. It's just going to plug it into your brain and it won't go away. So when, when you experience deja vu or coincidences or doppelgangers, people that look like other people, you just start, oh, wait, maybe what if, like what, you know, and yeah, such a fascinating book to totally it recommend is. it to anyone. And when I was reading it, it, it was like an awakening for me. When you read something that you say, yes, I knew this, but I, I had never read it. I had never read it. I had never had a discussion with anybody talking about the contents of the book or the messages. Every scroll basically is a revelation of something that is, is, is supposed to be one of the principles of the universe. But exactly, you your senses do not allow you to understand what the book is telling you. But inside of you, deep inside of you, this is true. And, and, and it's, it's a hunch, it's intuition, whatever that is. You don't know how to call it, but yeah, it's... It was really profound. I, I, it's one of these few books I couldn't put down until I finished it. Oh, totally. Yeah, and it's, a, it's like a nice, quick, easy read. I recently saw a quote that was along the lines of, if you discover some sort of, you read some sort of spiritual information or some insight about the universe and it really resonates with you, you're not actually reading it for the first time. It's like something that you're remembering. And that's why it really awakens something in you because it's just something you've forgotten, not something you're learning anew for the first time. Exactly. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's also, it's funny how I, I, one of the quotes I, I use the most on my social media outlets, one of the motivational quotes is, I write, referring to authors, I write to discover what I know. One of the main reasons why I love to be interviewed, and thank you again, Pacifico, for doing that today, but is because every single interview allows me to discover what I know, period. Every For me, every single interaction is like, it's magic. It's just remembering something that I know in, in, in depth. I, I know, excuse me, that in, inside of me, deep inside of me, I, I already, I, I had already experienced. And also as we go so fast through our lives, really, we really, we don't cruise. We race through our lives and there's so many distractions all over the place that we don't really remember 
very important things. And not only preparing interviews like this one today, but also when, for instance, I'm preparing, a, I'm, I'm asked to do a, a keynote or a presentation. When I start reflecting, and I believe I really allow myself to to even dream about, I, I, I intend to dream about what I should be presenting. Every time I remember more and more things of my life. It's so amazing. Being inter- intentional, just being intentional in, with our lives or and in our lives, we can really rediscover and relive so many things. It's just amazing how, how or who we are specifically. It's just amazing. Oh, totally. And I, I love that quote. It's It's something I've just come to acknowledge more and more as my reality, especially this year, you know, early this year, I decided to finally invest in learning transcendental meditation. And it's, as awesome. you transcend and, and you reach that level of pure consciousness, where that's where all life, all thought emanates from as you go down there, and then you start having these creative ideas come up. And really, it's just, it's all down there. It's all within you. It's just a matter mm-hmm. of getting back to the level or finding different ways to express it. Benjamin Disraeli once said, don't die with the music still in you. It's like everyone has a song. Everyone has brilliant billion dollar ideas within them. And it's all just a matter of being able to unlock that potential and finding your ways, whether it's writing or talking or just getting it all out there. It's, hey, if you start writing, you start talking and you do a hundred interviews or you write a hundred pages, you're going to have a ton of terrible ideas. But it's if you don't get rid of the terrible ones, get them out of your head, you're never going to get to the great stuff. It's you just have to make that room for more creativity. That's why I love Tim Ferriss had the practice of morning pages. Every morning you wake up, just write one to three pages. Just don't stop. Just dump everything out of your brain and you will experience creative power like you've never seen. Because as you, everyone has all these different ideas that they just roll around in their head and just never get anywhere, never do anything. And so nothing new ever comes. But once you actually put them out into the universe, once you get them out of your head and onto a page or onto a recording, then your brain is, oh, I don't have to keep worrying about that. It exists somewhere. And so then I Mm -hmm. could generate new things. It's incredibly powerful. Yes. I, you know, I also, I always remember when several members of my family, for instance, they always remember the dreams and I have never remembered my dreams. When everybody around you is, is, is bragging about something and you cannot, and it really, always in my, in my life, I've wondered why I don't remember my dreams, why I don't remember anything. And one day, my 12-year-old came back from school and said, hey, daddy, I have this profound question. I don't know if you know the answer, but is it possible that actually our real life is while we sleep and our dream, our real dream is our, our actual life? Obviously, I, I didn't know what to answer, but I said, yeah, why not? Maybe, maybe, again, it's all related to a level of consciousness or where we are aware or mindful. But obviously there's people and there's techniques that show you how to actually access and how to remember your dreams. And I really believe that there's so much more into the human potential besides what is in the surface that we just scratched that we could use in our favor. And very often I wake up in the middle of the night with ideas, very often. And I do it before I go to sleep, I always... I, I talked to my angel and said, hey, garden angel, please allow me to have more clarity on this or on that. And very often, I, again, I woke up in the middle of the night and I, with, with that idea, I forgot the name of the guy that that's, it's a scientist, neuroscientist. I had this, I bought a few CDs a long time ago and he has a whole sort, a whole bunch of experiments on how to actually develop that side of yours, to develop that side of being more sensitive, developing more your senses and also 
being able to send messages to your subconscious so the subconscious sends you back the answers mm. anyway it's, it's i really love this uh, so it's funny how we are getting into this part of the conversation but i follow another guy probably i'm, I'm sure that this guy so i follow dr joe dispenser i've been to his workshops and he's also someone that they really believe he he's tapping on to onto many different things that are going to be mainstream in the in the upcoming years pacifico yeah, it's been really fascinating to see the the evolution from what in the 80s, something like the Celestine Prophecy in the 80s and 90s is like, oh, this is just like new age, woo-woo, hocus-pocus kind of stuff. And now I look at platforms like TikTok and you've got millions and millions of kids and adults on there having these collective spiritual awakenings that if you're not on there and paying attention to it, it's, you just have no idea it's even going on. But when you're tapped into that, you're like, oh man, this is probably the largest spiritual awakening like our species has ever had. And you just feel, because I always think of things like, oh, what if every person learned TM? What if every person took up yoga? What if every person took up different mindfulness practices and you were collectively doing that and how you could shift the collective unconscious and I see it going on in real time on TikTok as people just talk about their spiritual journeys and people help each other towards, hey, what's actually happening? How is this going to evolve? What's going to happen to us? And so it's fascinating to see that happening and, and where we might see larger societal shifts just from that much energy being focused mm -hmm, on mm -hmm. working towards ascension or reaching higher levels of consciousness and stuff. It's really fascinating. I had no idea. Thank you very much, Pacifico. I had no idea. But really, I really don't don't go to TikTok that much. So thank you for sharing. And and also as there's this concept of the, is it the, the Schumann resonance levels that yeah. some people measure in the planet? And it's fascinating every time someone publishes it. I forgot the name of the website where you can go and check on that, but the planet actually has a vibration itself and the vibration changes depending on what people do. And it was shown that for instance, before 9-11, before only a few seconds before, the, the human resonance in the planet changed. It's, it was anticipated. It's, all this wor word, world, excuse me, is fascinating. And again, it's tapping into our own genius, right? It's tapping into this field of infinite possibilities that allow us to be, to have a better life and to have a better business, Pacifico. Oh, yeah, totally agree. It, yeah, it's, it's been fascinating because I was turned on to TikTok a few years ago and it was like, hey, if you are not on TikTok, get your business on there because it's exactly. the algorithm's crazy and you can just blow up and I'd see all these different stories. And I was like, oh, I should do that. Oh, I should do that. And I never got around to it until maybe <laughs> six months ago. And then I was like, oh, wait, this isn't just kids doing fun dances. This is actually one of the most powerful forms of democratizing information since the printing press, because you have just people all over the world. You got like almost 600 million people or so on there. And you just have people sharing their stories. It's the most authentic social media experience I've ever had. I've probably learned more about business on there than I, in six months than I did my entire MBA program. And wow. it's just fascinating to be able to learn stuff from people all over the world. And yeah, and then the spiritual side of things, obviously, because you get your For You page. And as you start liking more people doing different kinds of spiritual content, they're just going to hit you with more and more. And so you get some stuff that's pretty out there, but it's, hey, open your mind to it. See what exactly. resonates with you. And I'm someone, I believe there's best practices. I believe there is objective truth to what reality is and what's going on and uh, where things come from. And so to me, it's just like, keep taking in different ideas and then figure out, oh, is this, does this actually work or is this total BS? And then you just continue to refine that vision and, and see what works for you. It's, yeah, it's really fascinating. Yeah, it is. It is. Absolutely.
And I'm glad. I mean, again, I think I'm going to go back to TikTok because my younger kids are really big fans of it. And I'm not that, I'm, I'm not that you know, fan yet. So thank you very much. I, I'm sure that there's a reason why I have to go to TikTok. So I, I, I really love to. You see, again, it's learning something else. It's, it's learning something else that you didn't think it could help you. So thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. Oh, you're very welcome. Yeah, I, I often talk to people be like, how do I improve this for my business? Or how do I grow my Instagram account? And my, mm-hmm. my go-to answer now is TikTok. Just go to TikTok. The algorithm will take care of things. If you're doing the right kind of content and reaching people, you can have hundreds of thousands, if not over a million followers in a few weeks or months. It's crazy how fast you can grow a following there. And to me, people will be like, oh, my... I just want to sell to luxury customers or I want to sell high ticket items or my target market isn't on TikTok. And I'm like, there's 600 million people on TikTok. Your target market is absolutely on TikTok. And not only that, you literally have kids on there, 18, 19 year old kids that are now making millions of dollars. And literally all they did was fun dance challenges and stuff. And it's those kids certainly have a lot of disposable income. They can absolutely buy your high level NLP coaching courses or a luxury products and stuff like that. Yeah, can't recommend it enough to literally everyone. Yeah, awesome, awesome. So I'd love to hear more about this evolutionary business council and what it's like sitting on the board there and how you got into that. Yeah, so basically I got into that because a friend of mine introduced me to the president of the organization. So basically, we are a group of around 300 300 transformational leaders. It means that we all have a transformational business. Our business basically changes the lives either of individuals or of companies. In my case, it's B2B, but there's many of the business leaders there who have transformational leaders B2C. And we all have this in common. So we really literally change. We transform businesses. We transform the life of our clients. And the goal of the organization is really to have this influence and to use the influence to change the world in a positive way. That's why it was created. The founder, Teresa, it's Teresa, she's from Canada, Teresa de Gourbois. She's one of the, actually, I have to tell you that I learned all that I know about influence. I learned it from her. She has an amazing book. I forgot the name of the book, but it's an amazing book. And I, and, and she has this dream of reaching over, and we're very close, reaching over 1 billion people in order to actually start all together, combined, in a combined way, to use our combined influence to share positive messages in the world. Knowing that we are all transformational, use our combined outreach to, to change the world in a positive way. And that couldn't be more, more current, right? More, more actual than what's happening right now in the world. The world definitely needs a series of new let's say creations or a new concept, new ways of doing things, new ways of living, new ways of consuming, new ways of, of running your business. And that's exactly the goal of the Evolutionary Business Council. It's called evolutionary because we, we think that every, everything has its own evolution and sitting on the board was, has always been obviously a pleasure and an honor to be able to help craft the future of the organization. Oh, totally. Yeah. It reminds me of the work of someone like Adil Kassam at Unify, just like trying to having global meditation sessions with over a million people and just really being able to bring a transformational energy through mass movements to the world. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And we are collaborating to create those movements together. And then we use every single one of us outreach 
to take those messages in a worldwide basis. Yeah, it's magic. There's people in Europe, there's people in Asia, here in the Americas. Yeah, it's a powerful, very powerful concept. Angel, what have been your most rewarding experiences in your career? Probably from a professional perspective, was always leading a large group of people. I remember at some point it was really, I was leading almost a 150 team, people team. And that was really rewarding because I was all the time supporting them, helping them, making them grow, training them. So I, will, I always felt responsible for their lives and for their businesses like never before. And we reached levels of that happened when I was working for one of the high-tech companies I was working in corporate America. And I was able to really make a big difference also in the revenue of the company. And I did that through the revenue of the respective companies. And, and that was a big, that, that was definitely a big rewarding thing for me. Being able to go from zero, not knowing anybody in, in, in the geography that I was assigned to, to start leading them, to start supporting them, to start helping every single member of the team grow, to really be involved at a very low level with every single individual in that organization. It was really magic. I, I, and, and at some point that my wife told me, hey, I'm, I'm not sure if we were going to be we're going to be married for much longer because you, you are gone for so long. That's a true story. She, she told me a few years later, but she thought that I was, I was staying so much away because any other reason at some point, but I was really enjoying it. So this was, this was definitely the, one of the most rewarding at a professional level. At, at a personal level, it's definitely being a father. It's something that it's very difficult to compare with anything else and, and being the, the leader of your kids and also the inspirer being an inspiration and being the teacher and being there for whenever they, they need you. Those are definitely two, two things. Up to the point, actually, it's funny. I remember one day I was coaching a CEO. Actually, I, I told I, I advised that CEO for, for a series of reasons. Hey, why don't you get married and have kids? I think that having kids would do you would do you a lot of good, you know? <laughs> Because having kids, exactly, having kids is actually, a, it's a huge experience, not only having them and keeping them alive and helping them grow, but what they tell you. I think that they're, we've been talking about this source, right? This field of infinite possibilities. I think that they are so much closer. I, I wish we could have them so close to that field and that source for the rest of their lives and not, and not damage their lives and their psyche and their mindset as we typically do. And not only parents, but also, you know, educational system and the rest of society and distractions with with electronics and all that kind of stuff. Really, I think it's magic to, it's magic to have kids and it changes everybody's lives. Oh, I totally agree. And yeah, there's just so much powerful evidence within children of objective proof of re things like reincarnation and stuff. You have kids oh. born with xenoglossy. You have a kid born in Cleveland who speaks Mandarin Chinese. And there's absolutely, they've never been exposed to it or something. And it's just, there's really no explanation aside from, oh, they were Chinese in a past life or something or, or otherwise learned it in a past life. And but then there's kids that'll come up with all sorts of creepy things. They'll be like, oh, daddy, when you were a baby, I was living in Mongolia or what? It's just all kinds of crazy stuff that they're just so close to that source that there's certain things that they haven't forgotten yet that eventually they start to forget as they get older. And then it's not till years later through meditation or regression therapy and stuff that they're able to bring that stuff back to the fore. But yeah, it's really wild to see all those different cases of children with yeah, wild memories of past lives and stuff. It's cool. Yeah, it's, it's, I agree with you. And let me tell you an anecdote that actually is going to emphasize on exactly that. When we go our with Wisdom for Kids to Latin America, 
one one of the one of the exercises that we do with the kids with the underprivileged kids in Latin America, one of the workshops that we deliver, actually 20 minutes of that workshop is a meditation. And we pick the very specific, very special music. And we work literally for for months and months just on, on that meditation. So we chose, it's a guided meditation. We chose the right affirmations. When every time that we get to that part of the workshop and we start meditating with the kids, the, First, we would think that the kids that they had never, they had never meditated before. We would think, oh my God, it's going to take so much time to just get, have them in the same page, on the same page. Not true. Kids are natural at meditating without exception. Kids are natural at meditating. That's number one. Number two, when we go through the process and we meditate after the meditation, we always ask the kids. Obviously, not everybody wants to share their experience, but many of them, many explain unbelievable stories to your point so i can tell you we go to these communities of suburban communities or rural or indigenous communities all those kids when they are for the first time in their lives meditating for 20 minutes they tap onto something else that they never tapped onto before always it's magic it's, it's magic wow it's that is that is so cool so tell me some more about what you do with wisdom for kids beyond that awesome story yeah. you just told yeah no thank you of course so Basically, it all started in 2015 after a spiritual experience, and we started connecting with different groups in different communities in Latin America, because one of the one of the founders, I'm one of the three co-founders, one of the founders, he actually had taught thousands, and I think it was over 10,000 or 15,000 teachers in Latin America. So he has a lot of connections all over the continent. He's written 70 plus textbooks. So we started connecting with people that he knew in many different areas. And we started to really test how can we connect with those kids. The first thing that we did as this co-founder, he was still working at that time. He was a professor of one of the main universities in Mexico City. He got a couple of PhD students to work on the workshop. So we really put a lot of science, a lot of science and a lot of neuro-linguistic programming to our workshop. Our workshop is really, we obviously, we help underprivileged kids in Latin America become entrepreneurs using their local resources because we are very respectful of their culture and the resources that they have available. And unless we did that, it would be almost impossible to really provide them with a course of action or with a path that they could really act upon and start building their own ventures. But what I wanted to say is that our workshop, it's not like a whiteboard or blackboard kind of thing. No, I mean, we're not there to teach them specific in, in the specific way that people would think. It's a very high energy level kind of connection between the kids and ourselves. We, our goal since the very beginning was to change their lives forever, only over the period of you know 20 minutes that we are with them. Excuse me, of, of the two hours, excuse me. The workshop is two hours and 20 minutes is the length of the, of the meditation. So since the very beginning, we started, literally, we started the workshop jumping up and down at the rhythm of a song, of a very upbeat song. And then we we dance, we make jokes, we tell stories, we play games, we play quizzes. We obviously interact a lot. It's everything that you would expect from a very high level of energy connection with a group of kids that you've never seen before. And guess what? When you Whenever you go to, let's say we go to one of these very famous, we we're talking about Tim Ferriss, for instance. So let's say we go to a face-to-face event of Tim Ferriss, and let's say, I don't know, maybe 30% of the audience has already been there previously and to other to other events of his, but probably the rest 
has never been there. So the fans, when you start going to an event and you are on the fence looking at things, the kids are not on the fence if you know how to do it. And that's magic. Again, kids tap into a source, which is completely different to ours as, as adults. That's why I always say, as I said before, we, we manage, I don't know how, we manage as adults to do all these bad things to kids as they grow up. They, we are able to connect with them in a way that we really, obviously we leave them with, with, a, with a booklet, with everything that we do throughout the session and everything. And obviously our local volunteers follow up on everything that we do on, during that workshop. But it's really important for us that we connect at the level that we'll, they will always remember us. And when we go a second time or a third time to the same community, they remember us. And they see us in a particular, I don't know, they see us in the main square, the main church of that particular village or area where we go. They remember us. They remember us. They say, hey, you came, you came and you gather us and we did that. It was really fun. And that's the most important thing. Always, again, respecting, totally respecting the culture of the place where we go. Wow, that sounds so cool. I want to come work for you. <laughs> you have an awesome absolutely. job. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Oh my God, it sounds like a ball. It is. It's really a life-changing experience. And depending on the kind of community we go, the levels of poverty increases. For instance, indigenous communities are the communities that have the largest amount of poverty. The rate is around 95%, which is crazy. But it's so rewarding. It's so rewarding. They give you everything they have. Everything, even if we are there for only a few hours on that specific community or sub-community, they give everything they have for us, everything. And, and in the beginning, when we talk to a leader in the community to start setting things up and everything, he always asks the first question that all the community leaders ask us always is, how much is that going to be? Always. And we always say the same thing. It's not going to cost you anything. And they say, Wow. And then the, the second thing that happens typically is that they don't want to tell anybody because if they told the authorities of the place, any sort of authority, guess what? They might say no. You know what I mean? So they really, and again, it's, that's going back to the, to the good that every one of us has inside. Everybody wants the best for their own community, for their own kids, for the development of where they are and who they are. And everybody, if you go with the right value proposition, if you allow me to say it like this, it's, this is definitely going to happen. Yeah, I totally agree. Even my time in Afghanistan and, and other deployments and just traveling around the world, even to the very poorest countries, people with nothing will give you the shirt off their back. And then you come yeah. somewhere like the US and people are just like, there's such a, a me a mentality that collectivism is by and large, not everything's about American exceptionalism and the rugged individualists. And it's just, that's really not the way. And that's not even how we've evolved as a species. If we were rugged individualists, as we evolved, we would not still be here. It's exactly. always about community. It's always about helping each other get along. And it's fascinating how people with next to nothing can embrace that more fully than people with everything. And it it's, leads to a lot more fulfilling life, even if you just literally have, you don't have two sticks to rub together, so to speak. Exactly. I agree. Totally. So I'd love to know, what should business owners know about international expansion? How can they benefit from a more globally connected world, reach customers around the world and move beyond the confines of where they started? Yeah, they, they should first, the, the most important thing that they should know is that there are different cultures out there and that their products and services can adapt to those cultures and to those habits, purchasing habits, so that they can grow 
they can grow their businesses. They can accelerate the growth of their businesses through using the, the same IP, the same expertise, value proposition that they already have in place. And that's that very often is a, they overlook that. They think that they with they are, it's enough going to their own backyard. And it's typically not enough. And today where everything is going remote and everything is going online, I think that it's never been more, more important to exactly do this, to go international as a way to grow the, to grow the, the, the revenues of your business and to grow profitability. Always you have to take precautions and the precautions are mainly, are you ready to do that? Can you really invest, let's say six to 12 months of your free cash flow? in order to be able to go to that particular area. It's again, it's a opening. And, and we both, as you very well said in the beginning, we both, we help both corporate CEOs and also we help accomplished entrepreneurs that already have an offer in place. They can be coaches, they can be consultants, they can be, you name it, any sort of entrepreneur who already has some expertise, is already working, it's already selling in their local market, but how to take it somewhere else. And there's so many big opportunities and people don't just... For the complacency and comfort of being local, they just go don't go the extra mile. And I would definitely recommend them to do that. That's great. So how can business leaders make their way onto corporate boards of directors or advisors like you have? Yeah, I, I think it's a matter of connections. And you will see that, for instance, I'm very active on LinkedIn. I'm an influencer there. I really have a large following and I have very strong relationships. It's a matter of really, as we say in the sales world, working the edges, which means really talk to your, be proactive in talking to the people that, to the connections that you know, connections, professional and personal connections, and tell them, hey, I would like to be on a board. I would like to be on a board. I would like to really share my expertise. And you start sharing it. You can be paid to do that or you can be, or that it can be for free. But again, it's a matter of, using your value continuously, putting your value, your services or products available to the rest of the world in a way that you can actually support other companies that are just growing uh, and they need your expertise. Obviously, there's there's paying ways to do that. So that's actually companies that do that, that if you pay a certain fees, then they allow you to access the clusters of board positions. And you can go to LinkedIn and you will see many of those companies out there. But I, everything I've done in my life has always been through connections and connections. And that's why I said my, my mission is connecting the unconnected Pacifico. I, I would recommend and suggest everybody to start really playing the, and, and, and connecting to every single connections that you have. And I, really, sooner than later, you're going to find someone that, that needs someone on the board and needs your expertise to do that. It's much simpler than what you think. It's just a matter of making it intentional. Mm, yeah, I love that. I love your motto there, connecting the unconnected. That's, that's a beautiful, Thank you. beautiful Thank mission. You. Absolutely. Angel, how have you found mentors and advisors throughout your career to accelerate your growth? Being open, going to webinars, going to conferences, that's been the way, really. It's opening out there, being open to, I, I know that social media can be a distraction, but still, I'm, I'm always open to, to read a new book. I'm always open to, to connect with someone. I'm always open to learn. I love to learn. As many other people, I would love to learn and be learning all the time. I would love to have larger team. Last year was great for me because I was able to build a team, but I would love to have a larger team and be little by little, keep on building and building, building more and more. There's so much value out there. You just have to tap into it, but you have to be open to listen. Again, going back to our the beginning of our conversation, Pacifico, what the book says, what the Celestine Prophecy says. Oh, absolutely. 
So Angel, what is one of the best or most worthwhile investments you've ever made? And feel free to interpret the word investments as broadly as you'd like. Yes, traveling, definitely. Mm -hmm. Using my time to travel, using my time to be open and to change and to disrupt my own life. <laughs> really, many different, many times in my life I've decided to do things that were scary. I, I remember one of the international internships I took when I was in college. Oh my God, I went to work with a, for a very large automotive corporation in the north of France. And I was living in a youth hostel for almost a couple of months. Oh my God, that was scary. It was like going from, from a nice place, living at, 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 a, at an apartment with other students, going to a place where, oh my God, it's difficult. But so that, that's why, again, expose myself to new cultures, new ways of doing things, new companies, new, new people that have nothing to see with you. That's the most important thing. That, that's definitely the most important investment I've done in my life. Oh, love that. Yeah, can't recommend it enough. Absolutely. So Angel, I'd love to know, what is your favorite thing about humans, just about our species? What really just rocks it for you? Definitely those, the, the superhumans, the side of the superhuman, the side that we don't really see and we really don't really know. I would advise everybody to actually read a book called Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza. That's exactly, that's exactly it. We have so much more power than what we think. We just have to tap into it and learn how to do it consistently. I wish that was taught in in middle school or in elementary school. I wish that was, I, I wish that happened. Mm, love that. So in the last five years, what new belief, behavior or habit has most improved your life? Understanding that the size of my audience is gonna, is gonna define my success and my wealth. Definitely. Knowing how to play the, the game of influence. Mm, that's great. Love yeah. that. So what advice would you give to a smart, driven high school or college graduate that's about to enter the real world? And is there any advice that they should ignore? They should. I don't think there should be any advice that they should ignore, but or maybe the opposite of what I'm going to say. I think that everybody should take risks, more risks. We, we tend to play safe all the time. That's definitely the one. Take risks. And even to myself, to my younger self, that would be the advice I would give. Take more risks, Angel. Mm, that's great. Yeah. So how has a failure or at least an apparent failure set you up for later success? And do you have a favorite failure? I believe that everything is lessons in lessons that we have to learn. Failures, there can be financial failures. There can be personal failures. Probably the one that I saw the least coming was my first divorce, first and last. I've now, I've now been happily married for almost 20 years. But the first one was really caught me out of guard totally. I, I, I didn't expect to happen what happened and my life was perfect. But again, you know, had I, had I stayed where I was, nothing would have happened. Probably not these 1,500 CEOs, but would have never happened. These working in 33 countries would have never happened. Creating wisdom for kids would have never happened. Meeting my wonderful life and having these, cra these crazy little things as, as kids, which are amazing, would have never happened. Again, it's, every, everything is, is a blessing in this guy, in this guy's everything. Yeah, it's been wild. I think this is I know, show number 14. And probably at least a third of people that is their divorce, their their first and only divorce has been their favorite failure. So it's been really interesting because I tend to feel the same way that there are there's no such thing as failures. It's just mm -hmm. it's just a lesson. And so really failure is just a mindset. But really, to me, failure is a launch pad. 
And it's been really fascinating to see all these people where it's like divorce is a launch pad. It just, no matter how in love with that person they were, after things fell apart, it just set them on a totally new transformational course. And I've just gone through the same thing myself. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's really fascinating to watch people make lemons out of, or make lemonade out of lemons. Uh, Absolutely. You bet. You bet. Exactly that. So if you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why? Take imperfect action now. Because that's my favorite business mantra. It's what I use with my clients all the time. And I think that it's all, it's again related to the taking risks. Take imperfect action now. Take imperfect action now. That's what he would say. Uh, love that. That's fantastic. Mm -hmm. So we talked about Celestine Prophecy, Supernatural, but I'd love to know what are one to three other books that have greatly influenced your life? Probably The Little Prince is another one. The other one is Johann Sebastian Siegel by Richard Bach. Is another one. What else? What is that? I think that that's it. I, another one that has also taught me a lot is Living, excuse me, Levels of Energy by Frederick Dodson. It's a great book. I like to simplify things. He simplifies the entire world in a book. It's amazing. It's an amazing book. Oh, cool. Levels of Energy, Frederick Dodson. Levels of Energy. Buy it, Pacifico. Buy it. Read it. Oh. You will love it. <laughs> You I will. will love it. I'm sure I'll love it. I'll, uh, I'd imagine I'd love anything you recommend. You will point. love it. No, honestly. It's wow. 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 Cool. Yes. So, Angel, who have been some of your heroes throughout your life and how did they help or inspire you? Definitely my father. I used to, I was very attached to him. I'm still attached to him. He lives in Spain. I live here in Texas. But yeah, I was always going where he was going. He, my first job ever, my first paid job was paying job was with him. He was my hero and it was every single weekend I would go with him. He was the, the CEO of a group of companies and it would always go to the different manufacturing plants with him over the weekend. Yeah, he's definitely been the one, definitely. I love that. So what are some of your go-to self-care strategies, tactics and techniques? I like to meditate a lot. I like to be very compassionate with myself when sometimes myself, when sometimes things I get anxious or Things don't work out. Just get out of where you are. Just I, I like I like to drive, and I drive a convertible, and I like the sun. I like I love the sun, so you can imagine for me taking my car, putting some loud music. I love to dance. I also dance a lot. So all those things help me a lot. All those things. Oh, it's a great it's a great lineup there. Nothing like dancing and meditating. That's mm -hmm. right in my alley. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So Angel, this has been a, a fascinating and enlightening conversation. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. So this brings me to my final question of the day. And that is, you. what is the kindest thing anyone has ever done for you? Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, the kindest thing. Oh, there have been so many. I, I will have to go to my wife because... She's been with me all the time. She's been with me no matter what, in the good, in the bad. And it's an everyday job. It's not a one-off thing. It's it's every day. So I would definitely say I have to recognize what my wife represents to me and to my wife and to my life and to my kids. Definitely. She's and, and again, it's not a one-off thing. It's every single day. It's every single day. Thank you for the question. Thank you. Oh, of course. Of course. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today, Angel. It's an absolute pleasure to get to speak with you. Absolutely. The pleasure has been mine. Thank you for allowing me to be here with you and with your audience. And obviously, thank you, everybody who's been listening to us. Absolutely. 
So today's episode was brought to you by marketingforattorneys.com. If you're an attorney looking to grow your law firm and ditch the crowded field of pay-per-click advertising, then visit marketingforattorneys.com to book your free consultation today. Thank you so much to all of our listeners for tuning in to today's show. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you found us so that others can find it as well. And follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the LUE Podcast, or visit our website at theluepodcast.com. And if you'd like to support this show even further, I'd love to invite you to become a patron of the show. For as little as $5 per month, you can help us continue to produce high-quality shows with amazing guests like you heard today. To become a patron, please visit patreon.com slash the LUE podcast. We look forward to having you tune in next time for the next episode of Law, the Universe, and Everything. I'm Pacifico Soldati, wishing you peace, love, and awesomeness. Mm-hmm.